we turn to Philippians chapter 4, please? I'd like to read again, if I may, verses 10 through to verse 14. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am, therewith to be content. I know how both to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to the hungry, and to abound, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Reading this letter uh, of Paul to this church at Philippi, you know, we, right, we see through it that, that Paul is much, much blessed with a spirit of joy. With spiritual joy. Paul gives thanks to the Lord for the kindness of these Philippian believers to him. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. The recent gift that these Christians had sent to Paul had been a great blessing to him. And Paul expresses his thanks for the generosity of the Philippian church. Isn't it so important to say thank you? One thing my mum taught me when I was many years ago is that civility costs nothing. And yet, so often, we just expect things to happen. This person has to do this, that has to do that. And sometimes it's so easy to forget to say thank you. Just ordinary politeness to one another. To people out there, to, to people who we on the phone at the other end of the country on a call centre, maybe. It is so important, of course, to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord every day for his goodness to us, for his mercy to us, for his grace to us, for our salvation. And let's be honest. If we decided to have a time now of just sharing the blessings that we have from the Lord, we'd be here till tomorrow morning easy. There's so much to thank God for. And uh, all that is good, of course, comes from the Lord. And one of the great blessings that the Lord gives upon his people is the blessing of contentment. Be content. And surely, here is Paul in this. I rejoice the Lord great, nay, that at last your care of me hath flourished again. 
it's an expression, isn't it? Pause the, the, of Christian courtesy. Please, thank you. It's amazing. Just those t- three words, please and thank you, what it can do to someone. In the Lord, of course. And surely whatever we do, whatever we say in the Lord, surely that's the highest motivation that there is. Surely there's no higher task, no higher aim than our lives is to please the Lord, to be in the Lord, to be walking with the Lord. And the desire... The desire to help those, the people in Philippi, they had this desire to help Paul. Remember, Paul's in prison. And there are many, many people around this world, and indeed our own country, believers, who are in a lot worse situations than we are. What an encouragement a phone call might make. Or a letter, not a dashed off email, but a proper letter, actually written with a pen. I used to, uh, we used to uh, know some dear missionary friends in uh, uh, overseas, and uh, back in the UK, and they retired. And they used to say, what we love is letters, written, all about everyday things. They're out in the middle of nowhere, and they just like to hear, when we lived in London, they like to hear about the London buses we went on. Well, you think, who wants to hear about that? But when you're stuck out in the jungle somewhere, miles away from all the familiarity things, just a letter with all sorts of everyday stuff in, what a difference it makes. And it's worth taking the time to do it. And uh, he's talking there about his care of me has flourished again in verse 10. That word flourish could mean revived. You know, it's all, it's revived again. And we need to apply this to ourselves, don't we? We need to have our motivation, our desire to serve, to help other believers. You know, revived again and again. And everything we are to remember above it all is the overriding, overruling providence of the Lord. I looked up the word providence. In Latin, it's two words. Pro, which means before, and video, which means to see. Because the Lord sees all, doesn't he? He knows all, nothing takes him by surprise. And we must remember that in all our circumstances, the providence of God. And Paul has always, and is now looking to the providence of God for all his needs. Now he's not speaking as though he's in want. He's not moaning. He's not complaining. And isn't it so easy 
for us when things just don't work out as they should, to murmur, to complain. Paul has learned to be content. Is that a lesson that we've learned? To be content. And Paul, of course, is so emphatic in this area of contentment. Now, contentment is a learning process because it's not a natural thing, is it? We're always encouraged. I'm to- I haven't been for a job interview since donkey's years. But I'm told that, nay, if you go for a job, you've got to sell yourself. You've got to tell them you're the best thing since sliced bread and you're what they really need in their firm and, and so on. You know, you've got to push yourself and you've got to do this and that. But we need to look to Christ and to be content in him and his way for us. And Paul, you see, was a very much a contented man, despite his circumstances. I wonder how content we would be stuffed in a dungeon in Rome, chained up. But Paul was content because he believed that that's where the Lord wanted him at that time. And of course, he doesn't know what's going to happen. He's possibly facing a death sentence. One thing he does know, if it is that, when the sentence is carried out, he'll be with the Lord. Remember, he's lacking regular fellowship. There's no much opportunity for that day in the dungeon. He's lacking, and that's why it's so important, while we have it, to treasure fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. There are people throughout the world that give their right arm to be able to sit in one of these seats tonight without the fear of arrest, without the fear of attack, without the fear of of whatever else could happen. And what do we do? If it suits, maybe if the preacher's okay, or I might go somewhere else tonight. You know... Perhaps sometimes it would do us good to be in a prison on our own with no one. It might make us appreciate one another better. Contentment had not come to Paul by chance. Paul had learned it over time. And it doesn't come easy. It's not something that drops out of the tree. It's not a process as such. Now, the big thing, of course, is being self-sufficient. But let's be honest, we all need help at different times in our lives. Different situations, we need help. If we're not feeling too good, we go to the doctor and we hope he can help us. If our car breaks down, we ring up the AA or whoever we're in. And hope that they can help us. You know, we all need different types of help and different times in our lives. But a lot of this, of course, the the secret of contentment is being schooled in the ways of God. And there's a need 
for discipline. The various situations in life surely encourage us again and again to seek this Christian grace of contentment and live on dependence on him. Going back in the Old Testament, David. David established himself as king. He had large territories. He'd won various battles. And he was, being, he was prosperous. He was successful. He didn't feel he needed to go out to battle anymore. So he stays at home. What happens? He gets tied up with Bathsheba. And the subsequent adultery, murder of her husband. And that... Um, Sentence, the sword will not depart from your house. You see, in prosperity, David forgot God. Take Solomon, the wisest man that probably ever lived, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. His wisdom led him eventually to forget God. But then take another example, where you have Elijah, given a commission to pronounce judgment, on Ahab and Israel and he trusts God for his basic food and water God supplied it didn't he the meat, the bread the water and when that was beginning to go he was sent to the widow to look after him and so on what we have to always remember as the Lord's people is God's guidance God's guidance and God's love towards us. It is not an up and down love. It is constant. It is secure. It is forever. It's constant. It doesn't change. He graciously shows us our weaknesses. He shows the sin that's in our hearts. And then he tells us how we can deal with it. And that's, of course, we need the Holy Spirit to enable us. And regardless of outward circumstances, i.e. in a prison, on his own, chained up, Paul was still satisfied. Oh, what it is to rest satisfied in the Lord. We read in 1 Timothy... 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, man, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. You see, Paul's been there and he's done it. 
He has learned over his time such valuable lessons. He knows all about being poor. He knows all about living in poverty. But also, he has experienced being well-being as well. He has feasted at times. And other times, he's been hungry. He has experienced every variety of state and circumstance. You see, there's no place for stoicism in the Christian life. The grin and bear it thing, the stiff upper lip and all that stuff. We are not the captain of our souls. And the Apostle Paul was not a statue. He was a man of flesh and blood. He felt pain, he felt hurt, and all the things that we feel. But he's learned the secret. And the Holy Spirit revealed this mystery in Psalm uh, 25. Psalm 25 and verse 14, we read this. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Paul speaks of the straitened circumstances which has, he has been brought low. He has experienced hunger. He has experienced persecution. He has experienced fasting. He has experienced cold. He has experienced mental torture. And so on, and so on, and so on. But he has given himself free submission to God and because of the way that he has trusted the Lord he knows how to cope with trouble and persecution he knows how to cope both in the good times and in the bad times when he's doing well and when perhaps he's hungry and poor and you see, the disposition, the contentment that Paul had was solely through grace. Nothing of him, through the grace of the Lord. He was enabled to be such in a contented situation because of the indwelling power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that power, Christ's power, He's equal to everything. In other words, he has strength in all things. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We are to seek to throw off our self-sufficiency. We need to admit and know our weaknesses and the sin that's in our lives and confess them and bring them before the Lord. What a blessing it is to accept the salvation of God's grace, God's free grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is Christ within 
that enables us. And Paul was a man who always depended on the power of Christ. That was within him. He has, and you know so have we, believe it or not, in Christ, every one of us here this evening has unlimited potential. In Christ. Not in anything else or anyone else or ourselves, but in Christ. And that's why Paul was able to do what he did do. That's the testimony of the Apostle Paul. And again I say, remember where this man is at this time. In chains. In a dungeon. Under a possible death sentence. That through the Lord Jesus Christ... Paul had learned that he could carry out the purposes of God and he could live as a child of God. That's the same for us today. The Lord has a purpose for every one of us. All different. But there are purposes that the Lord would have us do and would have us live as children of God. But he is the one that will help us and enable us. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Never ever rely on our own resources, but trust in the Lord's empowering everything we do. You see, the Holy Spirit has come to live in the children of God. We're not alone. We have the Spirit of God within us. And it is he that can empower us so that we may live to God's glory and in the circumstances in which he's placed us. We will never, I trust, be in the position of, say, the martyrs under Queen Mary. And yet, hey, could men and women like you and me, they were, apart from a couple of bishops, they were ordinary men and women like you and me, hey, could they go to a death of being burned at the stake? Surely one of the most horrible, painful ways of dying. Hey, could they do that? Because Christ strengthened them. I can do all things, even go through the flames. Christ strengthens me. That will never happen to us, no day. It's happening to my brothers and sisters in other countries. It's a wonderful testimony, isn't it? Have you read Fox's Book of Martyrs? If not, give it a go. Read some of the testimonies of these... um, Brothers and sisters in Christ, 36 in Sussex, who gave their lives for the gospel. And Paul can do what he does because he's in Christ. And you and I can do what we can do because I trust we are in Christ. By faith, 
united to Christ and by the power of his spirit dwelling in him. And that's the key to a good life. United to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and the power of his spirit dwelling in us, what he could do with us. He says in verse 14, Notwithstanding ye have done, ye have well done, or done well, that ye did communicate with my affliction. They've done well, these Philippian believers. The church had shown much sympathy for Paul's afflictions. They had helped Paul. And the afflictions and the troubles were made more bearable by their assistance. What a blessing it is when we're going through difficult times, whatever it may be, that a brother and sister comes alongside and puts their arm around us and says, I'm praying for you. I'm with you. What a difference it makes. It's far more effective than talking about last night's football. Or the weather. This church had shown such sympathy for the Apostle Paul in his situation. They'd helped him. And he's very pleased with the gift, of course. He's so grateful for their help in his hour of necessity. And when troubles come, it pressures come on us, don't they? What a blessing it is to share that with brothers and sisters in Christ who will pray, who will help in one way or another. You see, Paul is dependent upon the Lord which the Lord did, of course, in moving Christian people's hearts to have a concern for him. Do you have a concern for the persecuted church? Do you have a concern for brothers and sisters in other countries? In maybe other churches in the area? That's what the Paul would have had. You see, these believers in Philippi made common cause with the Apostle Paul. Not just here and there, but they poured out their hearts to Paul. And he wants them to know how acceptable was their kindness to him. And of course, most importantly, it is so well, pleasing to God. One verse from Romans chapter 12 and verse 15. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Just apply that verse to each and every one of us and be prepared to be used by the Lord in whatever way he sees fit. Let's pray together. 
Our dear, gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us, Lord, to be content. To be content in the Lord. Lord, there are hard things that we have to go through. There are difficult situations that we meet. But Lord, we pray that you would grant each one of us that wonderful gift of contentment. And contentment in the Lord Jesus Christ. And may we be those who desire to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And give us, Lord, please, that wonderful ministry of encouragement. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our last hymn is number 805. Rejoice, believer in the Lord, who makes your cause his own. The hope that's built upon his word can ne'er be overthrown. 805.
4. Beware lest we also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from our own steadfastness. But let us grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever.